Climate change is making some things we take for granted very difficult or nearly impossible. Places like Arizona and Florida, for example, are trying to figure out how construction crews can work and kids can go to camp and play sports when it's dangerously hot outside. Climate change is also making other things possible. A woman from Potsdam did something no one's ever done before. She kayaked the Northwest Passage in one season. And it probably wouldn't have been possible without climate change. Her story on today's Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Clarkson University, offering over 95 programs of study with campuses in the Hudson Valley, Central, and Northern New York. More at clarkson.edu. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Friday, November 3rd. First up, Canadian Seaway workers ratified their new collective agreements yesterday. Workers' wages will increase by 5% this year and by 4% the next two years. That's retroactive to this past April. The agreement also includes a $2,000 signing bonus. About 360 Canadian Seaway workers went on strike for about a week after failing to reach an agreement with the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation. Their strike shut down the Seaway. Workers have already returned to their posts, and ships are back plying the St. Lawrence River until the Seaway closes for the season near the end of December. The CEO of a major Adirondack tourism organization plans to retire this spring. Jim McKenna has led the Regional Office of Sustainable Tourism, or Roost, for four decades. He also serves as a co-chair of the North Country Regional Economic Development Council. McKenna played a major role in building Roost into its current role as the official marketing organization for Lake Placid, Saranac Lake, Tupper Lake, and Essex and Hamilton counties. In a press release, McKenna said his philosophy has been to prioritize the needs of local communities first. Governor Kathy Hochul called McKenna the face and voice for Adirondack tourism. He was instrumental in bringing the 2023 Winter World University Games to the North Country. Roos Board of Directors will conduct a national search to fill McKenna's position after he retires next April. A new federal report says the number of children living in food-insecure households jumped by 44 percent last year. Lucy Grindon has more. Last week, the U.S. Department of Agriculture released its annual report on household food security. What was most surprising that came out of this USDA report was the skyrocketing increase of child hunger. Rachel Sabella is the New York State Director of No Kid Hungry, a nonprofit advocacy group. She says child food insecurity in New York follows national trends. Last year, it was one in eight children that could face food insecurity. This year, we're looking at nearly one in five kids. Sabella says food insecurity looks different for different families. Some parents may skip meals so their kids can eat. Some may buy cheaper options, which means fewer fresh, healthy foods like fruits, vegetables and meat. And some may have to give their kids portions that are too small to make the food they can afford last longer. We did a survey in the spring and we had one mother who said that she was hiding food in the closet because she was afraid her children were going to eat it before the end of the month. And she needed to make sure um, that they still had access to that food. 
Sabella says the end of pandemic-era public benefits is largely responsible for the increase in food insecurity and that kids need a local, state, and federal government to do more. We know the solution is simple. We've seen so many of these solutions work, whether it was the child tax credit, expanded SNAP benefits, increased access to summer meals. But we need to make sure that government is coming together to reinstate expand and protect these programs, because that's how we're going to help families put food on the table. New York's child poverty rate is 18.5 percent, but it's even higher in some parts of the North Country. Lewis County, Herkimer County, Franklin County, and St. Lawrence County all have child poverty rates above the state average. Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio. Last month, a St. Lawrence County woman and three fellow paddlers became the first people ever to kayak the Arctic Ocean's Northwest Passage in a single season. Eileen Visser and her team paddled 1,800 miles over 104 days to make history. They battled icebergs, biting wind, and the arrival of winter. Visser told me their team started on July 1st, but two weeks straight of ice buildup delayed their start. In hindsight, we called them our whale-watching tours. But at the time, it's just like, you know, this devastating, like, oh, here we are again. There's Button Point again in this tiny little hunter-trapper cabin that we were holed up in. You know, it's like, there's Button Point again. It was good in hindsight. Now that we've done it, we got to know each other as a team. We made some major... We switched out who was in which boat. We made changes then about... Um, repacking weight and we purged a lot of the gear and so we made the expedition skinnier and better because of those trial days. What does it look like when you're out there? Well, I that's an unanswerable. It's different every day. It's, um, you know, the water was, I would say maybe there was half of a day of monotony in 1800 miles. Some of the topography, like by the Royal Geographic Islands, it's a foot of elevation, flat, gravelly, muddy, um, you know, and by Bylot Island and Prince Region Inlet, you know, we're seeing spectacular. We saw glaciers. I did think towards the beginning, but maybe throughout, this is like rewinding the Adirondacks, 9,000 years. Just the plant life is lichen and a tiny bit of moss. And I watched like the intertidal get more biodiverse as we moved west because we were also moving somewhat south and so it's like oh we're we're seeing some clams now oh now mussels here's some sea urchins wow i see some crab you know just that kind of change so you're seeing like almost the unfolding of the retreat of the glaciers of the ice age from the adirondacks you're saying I mean, that's what I was imagining, although not that's being so a cool. geologist, I don't want to misquote too badly. <laughs> but that's how it felt. <laughs> yeah, that's how it yeah. felt. And um, also at the beginning of the trip, we were right there by the flow edge. So we had amazing marine biodiversity, narwhals, bowhead we saw, humpback, right whales, um, tons of polar bears, three walruses, lots of seals. You're watching all this stuff, and when you see the narwhals come to you, of course you pause, but like the overall goal, 
get the miles done, you know. And paddle, paddle, paddle. Um, what are you thinking and saying? Are you talking? Um, that's a good question. I mean, different days. Some days we're pretty quiet and thinking and watching. And, you know, of course, when we paddled one night and we had the most spectacular, it was my daughter Heidi's birthday. Mm. But there was just a spectacular light show with aurora, um, comets, shooting stars, bioluminescence. You know, you put your paddle in the water and everything just lights up with um, fluorescent green sparkles. And yeah, just, you know, so times like that, you don't talk at all. You know, there were days when, you know, my paddling partner, Mark, would just wished I would stop talking about my dogs back at home. <laughs> so is this something you could have done pre-climate change? Like, does did climate change make this easier and that there was less ice in this channel? Yeah, exactly. We shouldn't have been able to do this. The only reason that there was any chance of hoping to try was sadly because of climate change. It shouldn't be open, and it shouldn't be open for long enough for anyone to do this. So... That was on my mind a lot, that it's a gift to be there and be able to experience, but also this is because of the damage we've done to the climate. Eileen Visser of Potsdam is a biology specialist at St. Lawrence University, and she's now the only woman in the world to traverse the Northwest Passage in one season using human power. We have amazing photos of her journey and more of our interview on our website, ncpr.org. We have more news there throughout the weekend, of course, ncpr.org. Music today by I Am Snow Angel of Lake Placid and Ben Cato of Jay. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.